and uh, and we can. Good morning, morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Mhm, mhm, mhm. It's the uh, the last Wednesday of the month. That's you know that's for some people that's a great day for other people that's well I guess I should say for the same people that's a bad day it's the last Wednesday of the month which means that uh, uh, paychecks is coming out uh, it's that's the good thing the bad thing is rent's due tomorrow oh. <laughs> I hope you get your paycheck first before the rest of the Well, you know, you, you get you get your paycheck and then you smell it. And then before you get the smell, you, you ever take it and, and you take out the envelope and just whiff it right past your nose? It's gone. And then it's gone. It just whiffs and go right on, right on in the opposite direction. And uh, so, uh, anyway, we, we uh, look at this last Wednesday of August. We're in September tomorrow. I was saying, this is the last day of August. Yeah. 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 Tomorrow we're in September. Next next uh, Tuesday, the young folks go back to school and the teachers go back. And uh, so we have to make sure we have a special prayer on Sunday for that. And then we are off to the races. We our 2022-23 school year will be in session. Uh, but that's next week. Today we we pause, as we traditionally do, to send out our thoughts and our prayers to individuals who are uh, out of the arc of safety, as we like to call them. Uh, They're lost, uh, have no friends, no support. We're praying for them, people who may not have a church home or may not have a a community to to fellowship with, stuck in our as my dear mother likes to call them the forgotten community. We sent out our prayers to them on this morning. There may be one or two people that you would like to pray for. We sent out our prayers to them on this morning. And so while you quietly think of those individuals that you would love to either connect with all of our friends who are socially and uh, should I say technologically inclined you know how to utilize your devices to communicate with people via text or social media something you can do that now and invite them to join us and then those who may not be able to do that you may know how to click that phone over and call somebody and wake them up you can definitely do that or you can just put the names out there and say you know tomorrow or right after 
service around our time today. I'm going to call it and tell them about this wonderful piece of business on Sundays and Wednesdays. Have a way you got to connect. We uh, let you pray and of them at this moment, give you some time to think about those people at this moment in time. While you're processing that, uh, our dear grandmothers want to pray for us in in about a minute. That'll give you time to finish that up. And then Mama Bell is going to serenade us on the piano. And then we will see what we're going to talk about today. About another 30 seconds of your time spending, whether you're texting or calling or emailing. And then uh, my dear grandmother can pray for us. Matter of fact, uh, we'll give you about another 10 seconds, three seconds. My dear grandmother can pray now. Most holy and all wise Father, we just thank you and we praise you. We thank you for this beautiful day that you have let us see. We thank you, dear God, for waking us up and you watched over us all night, God, and you kept us. You kept the fire from our doors, the, the robbers from us, God, and you protected us all night while we slumbered and slept. And we said thank you. Thank you for the activities of our limbs and the articulation of our speech. We just thank you for all things. And, God, we just thank you because you love us so much. You chose us. You called us. And we are out here doing your will. And, God, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to listen. Look down upon every listening audience this morning. Bless each one. You know each one stand in need of. And, oh, God, help us to remember that God will take care of us. He will take care of us. We can depend on him. Be not dismayed whatever the time. God will take care of you. Whatever you need, whatever whatever you're facing today, always remember, God will take care of you. He will supply your needs. He will supply everything you need. And he will make the way you. Put your trust and obey him. And knowing he loves you, he knows you, he called you, and he is there to answer every call. Call on him and know that he loves you. And we look down upon the young people. God, as we prepare to go back to work school, as we put teachers that's already in the schools, God will give them the strength, the wisdom, and whatever they need, the patience and the understanding and to meet these children. Give these children obedient spirits, God. We begin today and we praying on up oh God. Oh God, we just say have mercy and we just say thank you. We thank you and I say again, remember always, God will make the way and God will take care of you. Take care. And we just give God all the honor, all the praises, all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. 
Matthew chapter 7, verse 10. Matthew chapter 7 and verse 10 says, excuse me, that's not true. Matthew 7, verse 1. I'm almost curious about what verse 10 says. I won't want to talk about that. I won't talk about verse 1. 7 and 1 of Matthew says, Do not judge so that you won't be judged. For you will be judged by the same standard which you judge others. And you will be measured by the same measure you use. They taught us in somewhere that you don't put more on the plate that you can deal with or you can eat. So that's about all that I can eat today or I could uh, disseminate in our time together. So we're going to talk very briefly about a judgmental society. A judgmental society. And all those in agreement with the word respond with a howdy. Amen. Amen. I have been struggling some time now with what is going on in the culture. I've been struggling because most of us, if not close to all, I think that is a fair assessment, has been raised in a society of thought, has been raised in a moment of tradition, 
And the struggle is that that society of thought, that moment of tradition has somewhat become a measuring stick, has somewhat become a pillar of doctrine. For instance, if you are a part of the Reformation of the Catholics, you will know that uh, every Sunday you are to participate in the uh, celebration of the sacraments. You know that uh, no matter what goes on in the service, you cannot leave because until you have received your sacrament, you are not able or you are not blessed to deal in the next week. Other reformations have uh, kind of made those a little bit more lengthy in time. They say that, uh, for example, on Sunday coming, you will participate the first Sunday of the month. That's the time for you to deal in the sacraments. And and as uh, my my dear mother will say, that you, you can't have a good month until you have partaken in the sacraments into the the body and the blood, the Eucharist. It has Eucharist this month. Uh, Eucharist is to the spiritual heart and mind like uh, Vicodin is to the bones. Antidepressants is to the psyche. You haven't had the medication and you won't survive. There's some who believe and have taken various traditions, various acts, and have doctrinized them so badly that it's been used to destroy communities so much so that we now find ourselves in a in a culture where if you don't agree with me, if you don't see the world the way I see it, if you're not a part of my church and my church's philosophy, then you're dead wrong. Without even taking into consideration that uh, the reasoning Behind all of these churches and reformations, for that matter, was because somebody just couldn't get along. Somebody found one line in the scripture and they just couldn't agree on it, and so they separated. Some can argue or will find it hard to argue, should I say find it hard to fathom that churches have split just over the discussion of what color the carpet should be or what day we should do the sacraments. Churches have split over that. They split over the fact that the pastor doesn't wear the right color robes or he has chosen either to put them on or take them off. Because he is not traditionally 
he's not traditionalized anymore, then we have a problem. There's folks who have, in some cases, criticized uh, people that I'm connected with because they don't wear robes anymore, and they believe that that the church should have the smoke coming out the floor and the and the rainbow lights or the the the, the strobe lights. That's what I'm looking for. I'm not saying that I'm part of that community of thought. I've recognized that there's some who worship God in various ways, and, and we must respect people's opinions and perspectives on how they worship God. Some folk get down with the smoke coming out the flow and the electric guitar in line with the strobe lights. The drums and all those things matching. Some folks like that stuff. And to criticize and call them wrong because their worship style is not like ours. I think it's a disservice to the community of faith. If you think about it, some of us come from various backgrounds already, and, and it was seemingly radical the Christian fundamentalists, the independent fundamentalist Baptists and Pentecostals, for that matter, uh, became very hostile when we decided to put ham and organs in the church and electric guitars and drum sets. Oh, you were going to hell. You sure were when you decided to take two sticks and bang it up against that empty, hollow piece of tin. It's funny because the black man was one of the leading proponents in the introduction of symbols, in the introduction of hops and, uh, or should I say, electric guitars and ham and organs without taking into consideration that back in the day when they was out there in the fields, they came to the church with the washboards and the, the bottoms of the of the buckets that they were, which I guess could be considered the washboard. They turned it over and used it for a drum and they would clap their hands and they would stop on that wood floor in those churches since most of them were made out of wood. And that clapping in connection with that wood floor stomp would make a nice melody. Forgotten about that. That was that was radical. That was in its day the obsessor, should I say, the the transformation, the the turning from the ways of God. Now we have the smoke coming out the floor, and we have a new thing to fight. But I don't want to focus on that for right now. That's just one form of judgment. The other form of judgment is uh, looking at the world seemingly without just cause. When I say looking at the world seemingly without just cause, it 
focuses his attention, I believe, on people's problems without really understanding the reason for the problem to help me to not seemingly be confused or confuse you, let me break down what I'm thinking. I'll take a hookup, for example, if I could just use that as a common denominator in something that the church might be against or the people of society might be against. That young lady who will go out on the street corners and sell her body. That is seemingly a unnoble service. But you see, when you think about it, that young lady who has been abused, the modernized version of what we call daddy issues, and I don't even know if it's modernized. That could be something that has come down the pike from generation to generation. They, they just struggled with problems at home. They didn't really have a father to encourage, to guide. And so they judged the world. They judged men based upon the perspective of their father or lack thereof. We were taught, at least I was back in the day, that if you really wanted to know for a gentleman how to treat a woman, you would discuss that with your mother. You can judge a good man by the way he treats his mother. A young lady was judged and understood how to receive the love of a man by the way she responded to her father. But in a rapidly changing society that has those traits missing, the absence of a loving father, the distancing of a nurturing mother, it becomes more and more apparent when you see young people or persons, whatever age they are, turning to acts that are seemingly illicit, and it's judged upon without thinking why they're there. I'm not here to try to uh, propose or support the usage or the participation in prostitution. I don't believe that the girl should go out there and sell a body, nor should the guy participate in payment. And that fear of not promoting or should I say uh, bringing awareness to the whole picture. There's a lot of things out there that are same-sex related. Guys on guys and girls on girls. 
Nobody thinks about it. Nobody processes. Why we got here? The summit started from a young man who just was good at opera. But because he was black from the projects and his voice was a little high, how dare you want to participate in theater and dance? Don't you know black man don't do stuff like that? A black man doesn't wear leotards. That's only for the gay people. And so their dreams, their desires, their passion was tied to their sexuality. And and because you take a young person who is already insecure and trying to find himself, he operates in what he believes. This conversation is going to make a whole lot of folk mad today, and I, I realize that because in, in this regard, what we're saying is that maybe the messaging of the alphabet community who says that from birth this was our destiny might be a little challenge. I recognize that that anger might pursue, but I ask you to consider maybe just one or two might have found themselves there only because of the opinions of others, of the judgments of same. There are folks who are, as I said, selling their bodies and soliciting the services of same because they find that that is the only support they will receive. That is the only moment of feeling. They go out and they just have sex with people because they need to feel something. They have no friends. They have no close confidants. They have nobody to support them in the letting off of steam. And since they don't feel like they can be in a relationship, they don't feel like that someone will properly love them, they just get $20 in a condom and head to the corner. And then they're demonized without realizing that there's a deeper psychological problem here. Nobody wakes up in the morning and decides that they're going to be a whore. Nobody wakes up in the morning and decides that they're just going to live a life that presents or puts their bodies on everybody. But the circumstances of life drives us to these moments 
I never met to this day somebody who came out the womb and decided that their destiny was to be a drunk. I've never met anybody to this day who came out the womb and decided that from the cradle that they were going to be in jail. I've never met anybody that came out the womb and looked at their father and said, you know what, I'm going to be just like you, and I'm going to leave my child like you left me. I've never met to this day anybody that does that. But the circumstance, the pressure, the pain drives us to this moment. And because it is judged inaccurately, because sometimes when uh, some of us, and I don't cast judgment on this, I just think it's a mark of reality, because you've worked hard to get out the ghetto. You worked hard to avoid the sting of poverty. You worked hard to make sure that you have one or two dollars in the bank and you have a few degrees behind your name and that you live in a in a more prominent community. You worked hard to maintain your membership in the high class and sometimes to maintain that status it makes it difficult to look at those who might not have gotten their subscription to the highfalutin society it makes it hard to forget or should I say remember, that there was once upon a time when you clicked the lights and it didn't come on. There was once upon a time when you walked through the puddle and the water seeped in, and it wasn't because you were that deep. It was because there was some holes in your shoes. It's hard to remind yourself, partially because that memory for you is painful. That's why some degree I stopped despising and looking down, or should I say up and highfalutin. I don't look down at them or up at them anymore because I recognize that to some degree they are there in that position as my time is swiftly gone. And they're acting the way they are because they just don't want to remember the pain and suffering of yesterday. Judge ye not. Yes, ye be judged for the same measure that you judge, you will be judged. Let me finish this very quickly and hope that we can discuss this more on the weekend. I come here, I brought my train of thought, and hopefully you followed here. 
because I wish to bring awareness to the reality that sometimes, if not all, the pain and suffering of others are nothing more than a reflection of our own. If you remember that moment when you was in your darkest place, some of you have been the victim of bad relationships, been the victim of children that was born out of wedlock, been the victim of certain moments of promiscuity, and you remember how you felt. Some of us are still in the closet in certain areas because we know that if if the world ever found out that we participated in certain activities, we'd be stripped of our identity and our right to society. And so I think about those when I see others who are caught on the promiscuity side of life, on the illicit side of life. Somebody said that a woman with a baby, all she is is a girl that got caught. She got trapped in her reality where the rest of us found a way to escape. So our moment today If you don't remember anything that we discussed, I hope you will consider this. Consider that that person that might not connect to our code of conduct, might not necessarily abide by our laws and traditions, might not necessarily fit and the criteria required to be in our society, but they're still human. They're still a child of the king. And that child is suffering. That child is in pain. And if you look past the sin, if you look past the act, and and you see the cause, I pray that we'll deal with that. I pray that we would deal not with the drunk, but what's driving it. Not with the prostitute, but what's driving it. Not with the whatever, insert here, problem, but what's driving it. Nobody desires to be a sinner. Not even Adam and Eve woke up in the morning and desired to be a sinner, but it was a heavy persuasion of life. It pushed them in the wrong direction. For many of us, it's hard to overcome. So I pray this morning, as Brother Dennis comes, that we would not be so harsh on our fellow brothers and sisters, that our judgment would 
have a lesser measure, a lesser sentence. Yes, it's wrong, and it goes against our code, and yes, there are better ways to life, and selling your body does bring harm, and it can put you in a in a life-altering situation. The same with doing drugs and smoking and drinking. But before we get to that, let's deal with why we got here in the first place. I pray for pain today. I pray for suffering today. I pray for those who feel like they have no friend in the world. I pray for those who feel like these choices are the only options they have. Would you join me in that prayer as Brother Dennis comes to pray? Good morning. Nobody knows the trouble I see, but who? Jesus. He's not, you're not talking about. You see outwardly. What do you see inwardly? There you go. Jesus and God knows the troubles that goes on in your life. Nobody knows what goes on in your life but you and him. Nobody on the outside, not truly. Lord, we just thank you for this message. We just ask you that we use it to cleanse ourselves, to think about ourselves, to think about the troubles that we do see in ourselves, how we can get manage it and step out of it. We know that the answer is God. We know that the answer is confession. We know that the answer is just letting God be in control. Just let God be in control. It's hard to do. We want to be in control. Just as Adam and Eve wanted to be in control. Because Satan tempted them and told them it would be a greater world if they partake of the fruit. But we know the outcome of that story. Lord, we just thank you for being with us, for watching over us and protecting us. Give us the strength to step out. Step out of that story. Step out into the world that God wants us to be in. Not in the world of Satan. Lord, we just ask you to protect us, guard us, continue to watch over us, give us help. Wrap your arms around us. Give us glory, the glory that you promise. We know it's there. We just have to grab hold. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We give you all the praise and honor and glory. Amen. God bless. Have a great week.